offering. But I want to jump into, I want to preach on different degrees of faith. Come on, we're going to go, we're going to go into the word a little bit today. Different degrees of faith. Because, you know, there's different degrees of faith. Jesus responded to the people. You know, he responded to some people. He said, where, where is your faith? You have no faith. And then he responded to the people, you have little faith. And then he responded to another person, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. But then there were some people where it was talked about the spirit of faith rests upon this person. It's interesting. So there's different levels of faith. So right there, if, you're, if you caught them all, I, I listed all four of them. But we're going to go into them a little, bit, a little bit deeper just to see them all. And I believe that if you're at a level of faith where you don't want to be at, then this is why the word is getting preached today. Amen? Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. The Bible says that in Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So as the word of God is preached today, let faith come alive in your heart. Come on, let faith be produced and let it grow in your heart. Amen? Because it's up to you. Come on, you know, the biggest lie, well, not the biggest lie, because there's a lot of big lies out there, but one of the biggest lies of the devil that I hear, well, if God wanted me to be like that, I would already be like that. Who's ever heard people say that before? Come on, listen, pastor, if God wanted me to be a Christian, I would have already been saved. That doesn't make any sense. Come on now. All right? If God, that's just not the person I am. God didn't make me like that. Okay, well, God made you. Come on now. And the Bible says to each person is given a measure of faith. But that measure of faith you're given, you can lose it. You can grow it. You can dim diminish it. It's up to you to grow the faith that God's given you. Amen. Well, you're here this morning, so I believe that we're in a room full of faithful people today. Amen. The Bible even says that when the Son of Man cometh, will he find anyone faithful on the earth? Notice that. That's what Jesus said about when he comes back. Will I find anyone faithful on the earth? Come on, I want to say, Lord, look no further. I'm one right here faithful on the earth. Come on now. Come on, there's some faithful people in Pittsburgh this morning. Amen? Come on now. Come on, I want to tell you right now, I, be, I believe with all my heart that if there's some people, you know, the devil lies to, you, lies to people, makes you think that, you know, you're, you know uh, the, I think one of the hardest people to reach, and also sometimes some of the easiest people to reach are family members, right? I can't, I mean, I have a lot of my family here this morning, so I'm excited. I'm happy about that. But you guys know some of our other family members, it's not so easy to tell them about the Lord, right? Because other people, you know, you get the same thing, right? I mean, for me, I've seen, I mean, I don't even know. If we, if we tally up all the numbers, even the church people, all the years I've been in church and preaching and traveling, I think myself alone, glory to God, I think I've seen over 4,000 people to be saved. But there's some of my family members, I'm, I'm like pulling their teeth to get them to come to this church once. Come on, you know what I'm saying? So you know what I mean? So you see thousands of people saved, but you also, it's hard to reach some of your own people. But so don't believe the lie of the devil that, you know what, the devil's really trying me. I had someone tell me, they, uh, they were believing for their family, and they came to me, and they said, listen, I'm believing for my family to get saved, but, you know, they're just horrible people, and they hate this, and they hate that, and God just put me in this family to test me. And I said, I said, listen, instead of believing that God put you in this family to test you, why don't you believe God put you in this family to see them saved? I said, because if it's not for you, then they're all on their way to hell, and who's, who's going to be there to stop it? I was like, but you're the driving force. Since when does darkness cast out light? Light always casts out darkness. So don't believe the lie that the darkness can overtake. The Bible says the darkness can't even comprehend the light. That's why, that's why come on now. That's why the devil hates praying in other tongues. Because when you pray in other tongues by the Holy Spirit, you're, you don't even know what you're saying. But also the devil doesn't even know what you're saying. Come on now. So the devil, doesn't, the devil doesn't like what he can't understand. And he can't understand the light of God in you. And he also can't understand faith. Amen. That's why when the devil lies to you, he might say things that are true in the natural. But they're not, they're not true in the spirit. Come on, sickness and disease, poverty, lack. Come on, it might look, in the natural, it might be true, where you're not going to make it. The doctors might say you're not going to make it. The bank account might say you're not going to make it. Come on, the news might say you're not going to make it. Come on. Well, 2020, the news thought we, no one was going to make it. Come on, who was it? I think, it wasn't even two years ago, they said, if you don't get, no, listen, I'm not, I'm not going to be political here this morning, but I don't need a vaccine to keep me healthy. The blood of Jesus keeps me healthy. Amen. But when someone says, who, I mean, even our own president, I'm just gonna be he said, who are her, who, you know, some of you might have heard him say this. He said, it's going to be a cold winter of death for those who don't get the vaccine. He said, your he said, we won't have enough morgues to fill up all your bodies. Now, when you say something like that, that's something that's telling me that if I don't, if I don't honor what man wants me to do, then I'm going to die. But, since when, but I, don't, I don't go what they think. I go what the word of God says. Amen. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live and not die because I trust in, the, in God. Blessed is he who leans not in the arm of flesh, but trusts in the Lord God. Amen. How many people trust in the Lord God here this morning? Amen. Come on, that's just the introduction. I'm about ready to run around the room here this morning. Come on, so we're just getting started. Well, I want to start with, uh, with little faith, all right? Now, I hope, now, if, now listen, if you, if, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm not thinking about anyone. You know, a lot of times I get done preaching, I have people tell me, like, were you, you were talking about me, weren't you? No, I, was, I wasn't talking about you. I have no one in mind. Amen. So if you think I'm talking about you, don't get offended. Instead, let it, let it be thought, you know what, the Holy Spirit is trying to talk to you. Amen. And every time the Holy Spirit wants to talk to you, it's to take you to the next level. Amen? The devil wants to talk to you to keep you at the level you're at. You're not good enough. You can't do that. You can't do that. 
But Jesus always says, come unto me, all ye who are weary and heaven laden, and give me your burden, and I will give you rest. Amen. So when you come to Jesus, he'll take you to the next level. Amen. He'll help you go to the next level. But he needs you to take that initial step. Amen. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock, oh, that you would open. He doesn't say he'll kick down the door like a Kool-Aid man. Amen. Come on now. He doesn't say that. He says, I stand at the door and knock, that you would open it to me. So if you open it, I believe the Lord's going to fill you where you are today. Amen. Come on now. Man, I'm excited. All right. So Luke 18, 18, I said it earlier, but it says, when the Son of Man cometh, this is Jesus talking, shall he find faith on the earth, right? So little faith, faith, this is the type of faith that can't confront challenges. Notice that. Challenges come at everybody in life. Even Jesus said, you will face many trials, many persecutions. He says, yeah, you're in this world, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. But there's people who, even though Jesus said that, every time something comes at them, they just, you know, they, they give up, they give over, Right? It's just all over. You know what I mean? Like, there's, I mean, there's even people, you might know people in the room today, that they used to serve God, but something went wrong in their life, and they just blamed it on God, and, not, and now they're nowhere to be found. Well, if God really cared about me, he wouldn't have let this happen. See, that, that is no faith, because faith takes responsibility. Faith says, no, I, I see what's going on. I know what happened in my life, but, the, but I'm going to show you the opposite. But we're talking about little faith now, so this is what little faith does, all right? Little faith, it doesn't confront challenges. The Bible says in Proverbs 24.10, 2410, it says, if you faint in the day of adversity, your faith is weak. That's what, it, that's what the Bible says. So now listen. So, you know, now if you tell somebody, now I, I want to I I help you out here too. Because in the middle of a scenario, it's too late to get the faith. You have to have the faith ahead of time. That's like saying, okay, Warren's a runner. Warren, how, for fun, how much do you run in a day? If you were to go on a run today just for fun, not to push yourself, how much would you run? 25 minutes. How many miles would you cover, you think? Three and a half for fun. Three and a half miles for fun. See, for some people like me, a mile is a challenge. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to run a mile. Oh, man, okay, we're taking a break now. You know, Warren, just, just for fun, he'll go run five miles. Just for fun, right? Now, if, if I were to say, Warren, I'll go on a run with you. We'll run five miles. By mile two, I'd be ready. I'd be looking for an ice cream shop. You know what I mean? I'd be looking for a water station, right? Now, when I'm already in the midst of the mile, if War Warren can't tell me, hey, man, you need to get some endurance. No, you already had to have it ahead of time. Now, I want to tell you this because there's some people who aren't going to be full of the faith that you have. So the time that they're facing the scenario, that's not the time to tell them, hey, your faith needs to grow. It's too late for that, right? You need to help them out. Amen. Let the faith in you work. Amen. But also you can encourage them in the word of God and help them grow their faith so the scenario they were in, they don't get into again. Right? Because Warren, in that scenario, he could yell at me and tell me, listen, man, you're out of shape. You got to start running some more. Right? But it will be better to after the scenario, after he helps me out, to then start helping me train to grow my faith so that I never get in this scenario again. Amen. Come on, let today be the last day that, that, that you've been defeated in your faith in Jesus' name. Amen? Not even today, because the day just started. Yesterday was the last day. If you were defeated in faith, you'll never be defeated in, in the area of faith again. Amen? Because you'll have great faith. You'll, have this, you'll be full of the spirit of faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Whew. And also, uh, Peter, in Matthew 24, 27. If you want to turn there with me. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. So I'm going to preach the word a little bit today. Is that okay with everybody? If not, there's some churches down the street. I'm sure they don't preach the word. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about that. Uh, I'm sorry, Matthew 20. I'm sorry, Matthew 14. I turned to 24. Matthew 14, verse 27. Oh, sorry, we'll start in verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get in the boat and go before him to the other side. While he sent the multitudes away. And he had sent the multitudes away. He went up to the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening had came, he was there alone. But the boat passed by the waves. I'm sorry, but the, boat, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, being, said, Do not be afraid, be of good cheer, it is I. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come onto the water. And so and then he said, Jesus said to him, Come. So he said, So Peter had come out of the boat and walked on the water and went there to meet Jesus. And when Peter saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, now listen, Jesus didn't say to him, why would you try to walk on the water? Who do you think you are? He didn't say that to him. He didn't say, now listen, Pete, I know you think you're all tough and everything, but I'm the son of God, not you. No, he didn't say that. Jesus said, he said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt Oh, you have little faith. Now, now, be, now don't get let them see discouraged because look what happened to Peter later on. This is the same Peter who when he saw a man lame 
by the temple gate. He said, he said, silver and gold I don't have, but in the name of Jesus, rise, pick up your mat. And he helped him to his feet, and the man's bones were stripped. So that's the level of faith he grew to, to where Jesus himself told him, where is your faith? You have, no, you have little faith. So then, you know, he, you know, he had great faith. Amen. So I want to tell you that that's, that's what little faith is. Little faith, little faith doesn't have uh, rewards. I'm just going to be honest with you. Little faith is always in defeat. It's always, it's always you know, being discouraged, right? And you can see people around you. You can see, you know, people who don't serve the Lord. Come on, people who aren't honoring God. You know, you guys look around. I mean, there's some people in the world, it's like their life is always a mess. You know what I mean? There's always people. You can think of people who aren't serving the Lord right now, and every time you talk to them, it's just like, yeah, one day, you know, I just uh, I lost my left toe today. You know, next day, it's like, yeah, uh, I just got arrested. The next day, it's like everything goes wrong, goes wrong, goes wrong. I talked to one young man recently. And he told me, he goes, man, I got to start uh, coming back to church or I got to start uh, going to church again. And I'm like, really? I was like, well, I, uh, you do if you're not going to church. And he's like, yeah, man, everything in my life was just going wrong. He's like, I lost my car. My other thing got this. I got arrested. You know, I lost, you know, somebody else got shot. I almost got, you know, went to prison. All this stuff. Things, one thing after another, after another, after another. And he's like, and then after that, it's like, you know, just, just like weird stuff started happening. I, I like started like to everything, everything I took a chance on in my business realm, I lost and it's like, he's like, man, and that dawned on me, I feel like I'm under a curse. And I said, well, if you're not serving God, I hate to tell you, but you are. And then he, but also, I was like, but when, you, when faith comes alive, you can actually work in the opposite. Because the devil will try to keep you in that realm. And I believe there's a lot of Christians who they don't have faith. They, if you really talk to them, they don't have faith. There's a lot of Christians who their life looks the same way it looked as before they got saved. Come on now. Who knows what I'm talking about? There's a lot of Christians that their life, I mean, if they weren't saved, nothing in their life would change. Think about that. If they, if they stopped serving God, nothing in their, in their life would change. They would still be defeated. They'd still be depressed. They'd still be weak. They'd still be sick every day. You know what I mean? But thanks, God, thanks be to God that those days are behind you. Amen? That today is a new day. Hallelujah. Come on. I'm telling you, if, you're, if I'm talking right now and you think I'm talking to you, that you've been battling every day, it's like every week is horrible. I'm telling you, this is a change of your life, of your destiny in Jesus' name. Amen? Hallelujah. Great faith. Let's move to the next one. I'm excited. Great faith. We'll just jump to that one. Great faith, Matthew 15, 28. <clears throat> I think we're like right by it. Yeah, literally, literally like just skim down a few verses. Matthew 15, verse 28. We'll start at verse 21. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. Behold, a woman of Canaan came to that region and cried out, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is, is severely demon-possessed. Look at that. She said, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. She came to the Lord praising. She came to Jesus praising God. She said, O Lord, and then she said, son of David, which she recognized. Okay, first of all, Jesus had no earthly father because he was born of a virgin. Who knew that, right? He was born of the Virgin Mary, right? Even, even though it's not Christmas, he was still born of the Virgin Mary. So also, but if he did have an earth, earthly father, Jesus, I'm sorry, uh, Mary was married to Joseph. So in the natural, they would have referred to him as Joseph's son. But the fact that she said, I know he's a son of the line of David, right, then she recognized that he's the Messiah. So she was giving glory to God right there in that sentence. So she said, son of David, have mercy on me. But he answered her not a word. He didn't even talk to her. Then the disciples came to him and urged him, saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except for the lost sheep of Israel. Then, Jesus, then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, see, because she wasn't Jewish, right? Jesus didn't die for the world yet. He, he only came to, you know, seek and save that was lost. So because she wasn't one of the Jewish people, Jesus is like, we'll deal with you later. But for right now, I got you know, to save God's chosen people. Well, thank God that's not, we're not like that anymore. But at the time, that's where they were, okay? So he answered and said, I was not sent, but for the lost sheep of Israel. Then she came in and worshiped him and said, Lord, help me. But he answered, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. And she said, yes, Lord, even the little dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Verse 28, then Jesus answered and said to her, oh, woman, your faith is great. Look at that. Your faith is great. Let it be done to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Her faith was great. Look at that. Great faith always demands a result. Faith great. I'm sorry. faith is great. Come on now. It always demands a result. Amen? It always demands a result. Go to Matthew 8. I want to read another example. See, these are the ones I like talking. I don't like talking about little faith. I don't like talking about no faith. I like talking about great faith and the spirit of faith. Those are the good ones. Amen? But we'll still hit the other ones just so you can recognize that you're not dealing with them. But we're still in great faith. So go to Matthew 8, verse 7. 
And Jesus, so I'm sorry, verse 5. Now when Jesus was uh, at Capernaum, a centurion came to him who was a Roman soldier. It wasn't one of Jesus' disciples or one of the church people. It was a Roman soldier. Right? This is one of the enemies. Okay, One of them came to him and, and pleaded with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And the centurion man answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. I say to this one, go, and he goes, and another one, come, and he comes. And my servant do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Come on. Then he said later on in verse 13, Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go your way, and as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And the servant was healed from that very hour. I'm telling you, great faith demands a result. Amen? And great faith always sees a result. Great faith doesn't settle for anything less. Look at that. It's other types of faith that say, you know what, we tried, we gave it our best. You know what I mean? That's all we can do. No, that's not all you can do is get a result for us, your faith. The word cannot fail. Amen? The word of God cannot fail. But, that's, but it starts, hallelujah. It, it comes more with the spirit of faith. You'll, you'll see when we jump to that later. But great faith commands great victories. See, look at this. Great faith, if you realize, I'm telling you now, but some people, don't, don't let me lose you here. Because what I'm about to say next is where you start to lose people. Great faith, you command the results through your faith. You com- you, it puts you in command where you're not, a, you're not a subject. You're not a wave of the sea, right? What's, what's the saying, James? For, an un- for a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. He's like a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. See, a lot of Christians are like that, where they believe God, but they don't really believe God. Where whatever happens, they're just like going back and forth. Though This goes wrong. This goes bad. This goes this. This goes that. They're just up and down, always side to side. No, but faith puts you in the position where you're always the one in charge. Look at that. You're always the one in charge. Amen. Hallelujah. And I want to tell you something. That you have to be around people of the same type of faith or else you'll get discouraged very quickly. I'm being honest with you. Honestly, I told, I told Ashley this, my wife, because I play, I play a lot of basketball. Right, we're going to play on Tuesday, but I play a lot of basketball, okay? And uh, I, I can't play. Listen, I told Warren knows too. I don't like to go to church leagues and play. I don't like it. I went to a church league to play. First of all, they're not as good as people in the hood. But I don't like to go to church leagues to play, right? I don't like it. Because you go there, you tell them you're a pastor. I, mean, I remember we went to a church thing, and I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. Oh, okay, cool. Well, who, who is this? This is your wife. I'm like, yeah. He goes, how old are you guys? I told him how old we were. And he goes, and you guys are pastors? you think he'd be happy. Like, oh, wow, I'm so glad you guys are serving the Lord at such a young age. He goes, well, who put you in that position? I mean, don't you have to go through, like, training and all that stuff and get older? And I'm like, oh, but, you know what I mean? Like, it's, <laughs> meanwhile, I, I go to, like, the hood. I mean, people, I mean, places where someone, like, where, like, you know, we have to stop playing the game because somebody just got their house broken in for a drug bust. They have to go home and make sure their stuff's still there, their, their Xbox. You know what I mean? Like, those are the type of areas we go to play. And I tell them, I'm a pastor. Man, that's awesome. I got to come visit your church. Where is it at? You know, they're happy. Oh, you're a preacher, man. That's good to hear. People are still out there doing good stuff. Why is that? You know what I mean? So I decided I don't, I'll, play, I'll, play, I'll hang out with those people, right? Not, I don't hang out with them, but, you know, I'll, I'd rather be around people like that who are happy for you serving God than people who are upset for you serving God, right? And I found out a lot of times that people, I hate to say it, but a lot of people who uh, have a, a similarity to faith are, the, are actually a bigger enemy to faith than the people who know nothing about faith. Because people of the world, whatever you tell them about God, they don't know about God, so they believe it. They honor it. I was even playing basketball the other day, and I had one of my friends come up to me. He goes, man, I, I watch all your videos you put on Instagram and Facebook and all that stuff. I've been watching them. He goes, I'm not, sh- I'm not quite sure 100% what they mean yet. And he goes, well, they sound pretty all right. And I was like, man, but you know nothing about this stuff. He goes, no, but it sounds like good. He goes, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It just makes me feel good. Didn't you see stuff like that? But, I, but you know how many Christian people argue with me on those posts? About the most stupid stuff, I have people yell at me, comment, you know, you're, you're a false prophet. What in the world? Why? For telling people they can be happy and they don't have to be depressed? You know what I mean? See, but people, they get so, you know, they try to get so intelligent and intellectual, they miss the basic stuff, right? Faith doesn't deal with your head. Faith deals with your heart. We're in the natural. I don't know why this makes sense, but I know what the Word of God says. That's what faith does. Amen? Hallelujah. But faith, it puts you in command. Come on. But faith always takes a deep root in the Word of God. It takes a deep root in the word of God. That's why I said earlier, the example, me running with Warren, listen, when he gets to mile two, I'm about to pass out. Come on now. But, I, but that's not the time for me to start learning how to train and start watching YouTube videos or how to exercise. That's too late for that, right? But I should have did that ahead of time. So if you're in the middle of, 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 a, of an event, if you're in the middle of a crisis, you got to get some help. Amen. But after you get the help, you got to figure out to yourself, what can I do to make sure this never happens to me again? Amen. Come on, the last time I got sick, 
was the last time I ever got sick, obviously, because that was the last time I got sick. But the last time I got sick, which I don't remember what it was, it w- I think it was uh, right after our honeymoon when we got back from, like, vacate. We went to, like, the Caribbean and stuff and ate a bunch of weird food that we shouldn't have eaten. But I had some milk from Jamaica. Don't do that. I'm telling you right now. I remember I, I ordered a latte, and uh, I asked for it iced, and they had, like, a chunk of ice. I'm like, what in the world? It was, like, a chunk. And I'm like, it looked like someone scraped the inside of a freezer and just put the ice. I'm serious. That's what it looked like. And then I asked for some milk. This woman reached in the cabinet and dumped the milk in there. And I was like, is that supposed to be refrigerated? You know what I mean? But I was like, but I'm in Jamaica. Maybe it's different. Maybe their cows don't need that. I don't know. Right? So I tried it. Worst thing I ever tasted in my entire life. It was horrible. Well, I, I was like, man, I paid, you know, but it was, eight, it was eight bucks. You know what I mean? They, they saw I was a rich American. They, they scanned me. Okay? But, uh, you know what I mean? They had like a little boy with like a, a loincloth come running across the room to make me think they were, that, that didn't actually happen. But, uh, you know, they, they tried to like make me think they were like, you know what I mean? And, and it worked. All right? I was like, yeah, you guys can keep the change. You know what I mean? It's fine. But then I, I was like, man, this is horrible. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to throw it away. I paid for it. And also, I just woke up. I need some coffee. I didn't drink the coffee on the cruise ship. So I got to drink the co- And I drank half of it. And I, I, I downed like half of it. I started to get sick to my stomach. And I was like, man, this is horrible. And then, uh, this is like the day before we got home. So I was like, you know what? I'll, you know, we'll finish out the cruise. I think my adrenaline was still pump, 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 pumping because I watched too many, uh, I watched too many movies with, uh, I'm not, I'm not with John Wick in them and stuff. So I was like, you know, we're in a foreign country. Someone might get me. So I gotta stay on my, on my alert, you know. So, anyways, I got back. We got back home, and like after we, after I settled down, and everything, I got like sick to my stomach, and I was like, man, it's probably from that, that nasty milk that woman gave me. You know what I mean? I was like, Lord, you gotta help me out here. All this stuff. I remember I got sick, but I remember laying there, and I was like, you know what? I can't get sick. What, what business do I have laying in this bed sick? Yes, it might have been caused by the milk. It might have been ca- I don't know. I'm not saying that's what it was. But it might have been caused by something else. It might have been the people say, like, you know, the transfer of climate change stuff going on. Because I went from, you know, 80,000 degree weather to negative 30 in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? So that might have helped out. But it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Those are excuses for not seeing my results of my faith. So I remember I laid in my bed. I said, Lord... I, I know what your word says. I am not being sick in the name of Jesus. And I kept praying. I, I was rebuking the thing. And then I don't even know what. I just fell asleep. And then I woke up and I was completely fine. But I was reading online. Listen, don't ever do this, okay? If you're believing God, don't start looking online. I was reading online and they were like, man dies from uh, coffee in, in Jamaica. And I'm like, oh my gosh. You know what I mean? Listen, don't do that, okay? Listen to the word of God. But if you keep looking at stuff like that, you're going to think it's over, right? So, you, But it's you can't. You can't be contrary. That's a, that's a wave of the sea tossed to and fro. That's being double-minded. Yes, I know I'm healed by the word of God, but also, I mean, 50,000 people died from Jamaican coffee in the past eight years. You know what? This didn't actually happen. That's not true. I made that number up. But you know what I mean? I can't say both. It's either one. Either I'm healed of the Lord or I'm going to believe that people need, I need this. You have to make up your mind. Amen. So then we'll go to the area of no faith. Okay? Mark, turn to Mark 4. Jump over to Mark 4 and then verse 40. Verse 39, actually verse 35, I'll read, the, we'll read the story in context. On the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And the other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was already in the stern asleep on a pillow. That's Jesus. And when he, they awoke him, they said to him, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? First of all, what was going on? They're in the middle of a storm on the boat. Waves are tossed and a turn, and they're about the, you know, their boat's filling up with water, right? One, one, uh, another translation of the boat began to fill up with water. So first of all, you think Jesus is sleeping underneath in the boat, and if it's filling up with water, uh, you know, the water is probably around him. If you think about it, he's probably like, if he's in a hammock, I don't know where he was sleeping on, but there had to be water around him. So he probably knew what was going on, but it, it didn't let him, bo- it didn't, he didn't let it bother him. He goes, no, I'm not going to worry about, you know what I mean? There's some things in life you don't need to pray for. I'm going to tell you that right now. There's some things in life you don't have to pray for. Right? There are some things in life that are guaranteed because you're a child of God, but the devil will try to do something contrary to that guarantee to get you nervous, to get you to waste your time, to get you upset, to get you discouraged. Come on now. That's why uh, I had someone, I, I made, a, I made a, a reel or a TikTok video or Instagram or Facebook video, I put it all on all the above, and I, put, I made a video, some of you might have saw it, where I was like, I said, my, I don't really pray for finances. I don't. I, there was a time in my life where I did. I used to pray, God, bring the money in. But now I realize that I don't need to. The Bible says don't. The Bible never says when you pray for money, the Lord will give it to you. No, the Bible says that when you give, it will come back to you. So I can pray until I'm blue in the face. But if I gave, it's going to come back to me. Amen. And also, too, if I gave, it's coming back to me either way. It doesn't matter whether I pray or not. If I give, the Lord will honor me. Amen. So instead, I'll, I'll focus my prayer on other things. Amen. And I actually felt that come uh, that uh, 
I got that actually from Pastor Bishop, not Pastor Bishop, Bishop David Oedepo in Africa, which uh, his church is in Nigeria. And if you look up Nigeria, Nigeria is not like the other countries in Africa. Nigeria is like, it's, like a, it's a better economy than America. I'm serious. It's like a boom in economy. I mean, to go there, it's more expensive than to go freaking to uh, flipping. Sorry, I forget my line. It's not a really bad word, but you never know. People might get upset. He said the word freak. I'm never coming back to this church again. Anyways, but uh, it's like more money than going to, uh, like, somewhere in America. Hawaii, you know, obviously, Hawaii. It's more money than to go to Hawaii. You know what I mean? So I'm saying that, like, the place is booming. But it wasn't like that when he started the church. It was one of the poorest countries in the world, right, over 40, 50 years ago. Look up the history of Nigeria. Was, but he said, even in the midst of this being one of the poorest countries in the world, I know what God called me to do, and God's going to excel me. To even where the president, or I don't know if it's a president or prime minister, one of them, whoever's the leader of Nigeria, they recognized that the prosperity in their country came from his church. And they said, we will never, we will never overstep your boundaries or never ever step you in the church. Where I think the church security is stronger than the military of that country. I'm telling you right now, that's, that's where God excelled them. And he said that uh, when he was younger and when he was earlier in the ministry, he, he uh, fasted and prayed to the Lord for finances. Because he said, Lord, what I need to do in my life, I need to get money to come in. So he started to pray for money. And he said after the first day of his fast, one of the only times he heard the audible voice of God, he heard God tell him, don't concern me anymore with this matter. He said, I, he said, this is guaranteed. Focus your energy and your prayer time on more important things like people going to heaven. I'll take care of this. So I was like, well, God, if you did it for him, then it's the same thing for me. That's why the Bible says, and as soon as I was like, Lord, well, show me this. Well, look what Jesus said in uh, Matthew 6, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things I will add unto you. He never said you have to ask for them. He said, I'll add them unto you. But that's faith. Faith, you're showing the Lord, Lord, I'm going to do my part, and I know you're going to do your part. That's why I'm believing. Listen, believing for a 1000 bucks to come in on top of everything else we're believing for, that's a good bit of money in the natural realm. But really, I'm showing the Lord, Lord, I'm going after souls. I'm not only $1,000 just to say we got $1,000, but I want $1,000 to put it towards 100 people getting saved. And when, you, when I make that my priority, seeking first the kingdom of God, it's going to come. I'll be surprised if we don't get like triple that amount come in for this event. I'm telling you, because when you make souls, your number, you think God's in heaven? That's a lot of money, 1000 bucks. I mean, the inflation rate. All, no, God cares more about souls, right? God cares more about people. Amen. That doesn't matter. God doesn't care about how much things are. God doesn't care about the inflation rate. He operates above that level. Amen. I'm telling you, when you see with the eyes of faith, then you'll get what God has for you. Amen. But look at this. Jesus said to them, we're still on the no faith. I keep getting out of there. It says, how do you have no faith? That's what Jesus said. He's, oh, wait, wait. Verse 39. Then, the, then he arose and rebuked the winds and said, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. But then, you know, they thought they were out of it. Oh, look, we're safe. Amen. There's a great calm. Jesus just woke up. And then after the, after the storm stopped, they had a different storm. Jesus was angry at them, right? You think you got rebuked. I couldn't imagine getting rebuked by Jesus. I got, re I got rebuked by Pastor Rodney before. I was in his office, and he said, what, do you, what, what is going on in your head right now? And I was like, I don't know, Pastor Rodney, you know? So imagine getting rebuked by Jesus. Imagine if Jesus said to you, why do you have, how is it you still have no faith? I would be like, um, I, I don't know, Lord. I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry. You know what I mean? I would be like speechless. Can you imagine that? <laughs> and that, it says, then they feared exceedingly. <laughs> Makes sense. And then they, said to one, then they said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the waves obey him? I, I think in like modern translation, if you put it in modern, modern terms, they probably say, who in the world is this dude? I mean, the wind just stopped. He just yelled at us like, I'm the one in the wrong. For the, the boat's filling up. With, you know, in the natural realm, you got to think how they were feeling, right? We read this story, and we're thinking, man, how could they think that? But obviously in the natural, I mean, who is this dude? I mean, I mean, yeah, no faith, but also, I mean, the water was up to my ankles. I mean, he was sleeping in it. You know what I mean? Like, how, how are we the ones with no faith? You know what I mean? But in the natural, but really, they were doubting what Jesus said would happen. Jesus said they were going to cross. So their, their safety was guaranteed. Amen. So that video I made on social media where I said, I don't, I don't pray for finances, they come in. And then I said, I said, God, my, my, my provision is a guarantee. Because I honor God and serve him, me being taken care of is a guarantee. I don't have to pray, God, please take care of me. There was a time where I used to pray for the Lord to bring, you know, pay for the rent for the church and pay for the rent for my house. But I was like, no, I don't need to pray for that. How can, because the Lord told me we're going to see Pittsburgh shaken by the power of God. Amen. But how can Pittsburgh be shaken if I can't even pay my rent? And I had someone, I had somebody comment, listen, Christian people, I love them, but some of them have to be the dumbest people I've ever met in my life. I had somebody comment on the picture. You can see it. It's, it's publicly on there. He said, he said, listen, he goes, I, he's like, uh, I don't agree with you, brother. And uh, he said, God can still see your city shaken even if you can't afford to pay your rent. I said, with how? 
How am I going to tell anybody what I have to say if I don't have the means to tell anybody? You want to reach, you can, we have the power by this thing where if you do it the right way, you can reach a million people overnight. I made a video on, on something on TikTok, and I, but the next morning I woke up, it had 70,000 views. Listen, so you, you can reach people overnight, right? We have the greatest way. Now, if I don't have the money for an iPhone, God just use my voice. Well, if you, ha- you work your faith and get something for God to use your voice, then he'll use your voice even better. You get what I'm saying here? Now, listen, how much more if I can't even afford to pay my rent? How, how can, I don't get people. No, listen, worldly people would never say something like that. People in the world, they wouldn't say something like that. They, they understand how stuff works. But Christian people, it's like, no, God's going to take care of it. We'll just, you know what? He's faithful. Whatever he wants is going to happen. No, it's not true. Whatever God wants is not going to happen. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth, I'll bind in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will also be loosed in heaven. Jesus also said that the Lord is willing that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. Right? God is willing that no one should go to hell. But the Bible also says that broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the path that leads to eternal life. And only a few people ever find it. So you got to graduate from that mentality that whatever God wants to happen, it's going to happen no matter what. No, you have to do your part. You have to realize that the, what does the word Christian mean? The word Christian means little Christ. That means that Jesus left so that I could take his place here on the earth. Amen. Not that I'm God. I'm not. But he's living inside of me. And the same word Jesus did, I will do. And he, he said even in greater measure. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm telling you, I feel faith rising up in the room today. I'm not even on my last point yet. Come on now. So you have to graduate from that mentality. You have, to, you have to leave that thinking. Amen. Where there's some things you don't need to pray for. It's guaranteed by your, by, just by your faithfulness. It's guaranteed. And I had somebody else comment on there. They said, uh, oh, my, that one was really bothering me. And the, the one person commented, uh, I found out they go to a church that's like also in Pittsburgh. And so I was like, man, I shouldn't have held back. I should have just laid it into them. But I didn't. I wanted to be nice. But they were like, uh, listen, I know what you're saying. But, you know, some people just, just you know, there's some stuff that, uh, you know, when I, they, oh, this is what they said. They said, when I, when I first got saved, I had no money. I had nothing. But a woman told me to pray to God and he'll give me money. And I did. And God gave me money for praying to him. And I said, I said, okay. I was like, but the Bible, I said, I, listen, I get what you're saying. That's your opinion. I was like, but I'm going on the word of God. And I'd rather pray according to the word of God versus what some woman told me that I, that just, I just met. And then they responded to me, yes, I agree. We should pray the word of God. But some people don't know the word of God. And I said, so learn the word of God. It's not like we live in like 1932 where you don't have the internet and where you don't have money to buy. A bu- you know what I mean? It's not like, I mean, listen, I don't understand people. They think we live in like the middle of the Holocaust. Like, I just don't know the word of God. Well, download the app on your phone. It's free. You know, what I, like, I don't get it. Like, download it. You know what I mean? I, I, I just, you know, some people just don't know the word of God. Well, Google it. Google something. Well, I don't know, you know, where does it even say that in the Bible? Go, welcome to the world. Google it. Ask Chat GPT. They'll tell you what it is. I'm telling you right now. I, I've done that before. I've asked. I, I, I didn't. I, no, listen. I would never preach it, but I was curious. I said, Chat GPT, write me a prosperity message with three points, and it did. It was actually pretty. It was pretty fire, but it didn't have the anointing on it because the Holy Ghost doesn't work through robots. He works through people. Amen. I'll preach the. I'll pre, I'll out preach that thing any day. Amen. Put a robot in front of me. They'll not replace me. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. But uh, <laughs> but I want to tell you like. I don't understand people. Like, you know what? No. As if that's an excuse. Not knowing is not an excuse for something. There's going to be people who, listen, I, I heard a man say this. I forget who he was. He said, uh, man, someone might know who he is in the room if, if you heard this quote. But I heard him say a quote. It's about money. He's like a, he's like a motivational speaker. He said, if you're, if, you're, uh, if you're born poor, that's not your fault. He goes, but if you die poor, that's your fault. He goes, in the world we live in, there's no reason you should die poor. And that's a man not even filled with the Holy Spirit or even saved. So how much more should we, with the children of God, with God's blessing from heaven backing us, should we live at a level far above all the nations of the earth? Amen. But but there's going to be people, I just don't understand how to do stuff like that. I just don't get it. Well, you can Google it. You can figure figure it out. Don't be okay with not knowing. The Bible says, Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Listen to that. People, there's people who will go to hell who never heard the word of God. I hate to say it, but there are. There's going to be people, you know, I pray to God they won't, but that's why we have to tell people. But there's going to be people who go to hell who don't even know who Jesus is. I hate to say it, there's going to be people who go to hell who don't even know where they are. Think about that. That's why we have to tell them. That's why it's your job to tell people. Amen. That's why it's your job to let people know. Amen. Because if you don't tell them, who else is going to tell them? If you don't let people know about Jesus, then there's, there's not some default Right? People live, I mean, people live as if, like, when they die, they're going to have an option. 
like, like God's going to tell them one last time and they can pick what they want. No, if that was the case, everyone would go to it. I mean, who, who in their right mind is going to pick hell? I'm sure there'd be a couple people out there because people are just nuts. But you know what I mean? I'm sure there's a, you know what I mean? But no one would do that. If, if people get, you know, but even the movies, they make it look like that. Who's ever seen that? Right, where someone dies, even Tom and Jerry, little, the little cat got killed and he went up to heaven and he was standing at the gate and he saw like the hell dark and torment and then he saw heaven. Well, of course he walked in. Who wouldn't walk into heaven? You see the streets of gold and you see a bunch of fire and people burning. Obviously, you'd pick that one, but you don't get to pick then. You have to pick now. Amen. And it comes by faith. Amen. Well, praise God that everyone in this room already made up their mind. Amen. You're going to heaven for eternity. Amen. But don't believe the lie that whatever God wants to do, he's going to do it. That's the number one thing I think that holds people back in their faith is that they don't believe that they have the authority. Come on, I'm telling you, you have power. You have authority. Amen. Amen. You have authority. But I'm telling you, it all starts with the word of God. It's out of an overflow. That's why this message, I think this is like one of the most, the message of faith and the message of like healing, like those messages are like when I preach them, it's like, I feel like, man, I'm like on cloud nine in, in a sense because I'm like, man, this is like in me. Because other messages, you know, you have to switch up the ball every now and then, you know, get people different stuff. But that's the message that's like, it's in me. Faith, I, I read books on faith like every day for the past, I, I don't even know how long. If I'm not reading a book, I'm watching a sermon on faith. Faith, that's why this message is like, this is in me. We're like, because I, I know that the Bible says the just shall live by faith. It says it four times. I wrote it down. It says it in Romans 1.17, Habakkuk 2.4, Galatians 3.11, and Hebrews 10.38. Four different times the Bible says the just shall live by faith, which is three more times than it needs to, but it still does it. Why? To reemphasize that the just shall live by faith. Whereas if you're not in faith, then what are you living by? So if you live by faith, then you die from a lack of it. Think about that. So Christians who are walking around without faith, they're like dead. They're like a car with no engine. Think about that. I saw, I was looking, I remember I was, I was looking for a car last year, and I saw this, like, nice, uh, I saw it on, like, Google. No, someone showed me, I think it was a YouTube video, maybe. Yeah, I saw a video of, like, the world's cheapest Lamborghini, and it was, like, $10,000. And I was like, what in the world? It was, like, a 20-something new Lamborghini. It was, like, a Lamborghini. And then they opened up the hood, they opened up the hood, or they opened up the trunk, I guess, because it's backwards. And there was, uh, there was no engine in the thing. And I was like, well, no, no, no dip. No, you know what I mean? Obviously, the thing's going to be ten grand. There's no engine, it had like no transmission in it. It was just, it said, and it said in the description, just the body, nothing else. You had to buy the wheels for it, you had to buy everything else. I was like, well, obviously, I was like, this thing, yeah, though it's a nice car, it's dead. That's how people are. Though they're made in the image of God, they have no faith, they have no life in them. Think about that. The just shall live by faith. But when you live by faith, I'm telling you, things are subject to you. You're not subject to the world around you. Amen. And you have to surround yourself with people who are in that same category or else you're going to find yourself drifting away to other things. Hey, man, I want to, I want to, I want to, well, then we're going to jump to the, my, man, this is my favorite one. We're going to jump to the spirit of faith, which you might take a little more time on this because I'm excited for this one. There's a, the, the last degree of faith, which I'm sure, you know, I mean, I'm sure there might be more, but these are the four that I have. The last degree of faith is the spirit of faith. Okay. I want to start with this. Second Corinthians 4.13. Just so you know, I'm not making it up. It comes from the word of God. 2 Corinthians 4.13. You know what? I think I have it written down. <coughs> My Bible is falling apart, so let me just. Uh... It says, we having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed, therefore I spoken. We also believe, therefore we speak. Notice how it starts. We have the same spirit of faith. According as it is written, I believed, therefore I speak. I, we also believe, therefore we speak. Listen to that. So you, now listen, this is where people miss it sometimes. And this is even, I've missed it before, because I, I grew up hearing, hearing this a lot. That uh, a lot of people, I mean, some people might hear this in the room. Listen, you don't have to fully believe it, just speak it and it'll come to pass. No, you have to really believe the thing. You speak out of an overflow. You don't just confess, right? A lot of people, they, uh, you know, even a lot of Christian circles, you know, even I've talked about this with like family. We've talked about this before. Like a lot of people, and I believed it for a while until I read in the word of God. You know, that's not really, I mean, yes, power, life, and death are in the tongue. But a lot of people make you think, and a lot of people have told us even, told me, you know, told me, people around me, that like, you know, you can speak it. If you believe it or not, it's okay. Just speak it. That's all that matters. No, you have to actually believe what you speak. Because you can speak it all you want, but if you don't, if it doesn't really, you don't really believe it, then nothing's going to happen. But then I noticed this too. The spirit of faith is out of an overflow of what you already believe. It's not like something happens and, oh, no, God, I know it's going to work out. 
tears in your eyes. Like, no, it's like, no, I know it's going to work out. Like, I'm not even concerned about it. It's working out. It's not like I'm hoping it works out. Get it. No, I know, like, I'm beyond convinced that this is going to work out because I know what the word of God says. Amen. I'm going to give you some scenarios so that you can, up, you can upgrade yourself to that level even this morning. Amen. Come on now. But I'm going to tell you, you know, you, now listen, when I, when I preach the word today, because I believe this is, where, this is the, where the Lord's blessed me to operate out, the spirit of faith. Or, I mean, you could, tell me, you could tell me the worst news there possibly is to tell me, and it, would, I would, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't bother me. Amen? You could tell that's actually true. I'm not saying that, and really on the down low, I'm terrified. No, you could tell it to be true. I mean, ask Ashley. That's just how I live. I mean, she'll tell me, you know, when we first got married, I, I don't know what happened. But like, she told me something, and I was like, well, I mean, the Lord's going to take care of it. And she was like, you know what? You're right. He will take care of it. You said, well, it doesn't even bother you. No, it doesn't bother me. I don't let things bother me, because if they're contrary to the word of God, then it's like it doesn't even exist. And that's how the spirit of faith operates. Let's look at this story. So in Numbers 14, 24, the Bible says that Caleb was chosen to be the next one, the next ruler of Egypt, or I'm sorry, the next ruler of the children of Israel after Moses died because, do you have it, Ashley? Numbers 14, 24. What does it say? Read it for me. But my servant Caleb has a different attitude than the others have. He has remained loyal to me. That's messed up. Look at this in my translation. A different attitude. A different attitude. Numbers 14, 24. Because that was if you look up when that was made, it was probably made recently. Yeah. They made the new translations. You know, they're also getting rid of some translations. They're getting rid of the, the he and him. And they're also getting rid of sons and daughters. They're making it they, them, and they're making it children. I'm telling you that. Look at this. Look what it says in my translation. You know, they have the same attitude of faith. Look at this one. Numbers 14. Here, read it. I'll give you another chance. Read it in mine. I don't want you to feel bad. 14 on this side. I know. I did buy that for you. I'm going to go. I'm going to slash all their tires who made that. I'm just kidding. Okay. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit. He has a different spirit within him. That's different than a different attitude. Because people who aren't saved can have a good attitude. But they don't have the spirit of faith. He has a different spirit in him. Listen, even people who don't, listen, even people who hate God, they can have a good attitude. But they can't have a good spirit in them. Jesus said you'll know a good tree by its fruit. And you'll know a bad tree by its fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. But they can fake it. Even the world says fake it till you make it. But the people of, you can't fake the spirit inside of you. I'll give you an example. There was a woman who followed Peter around in the book of Acts. I forget where it was in Acts. It was like, I think it was in the teens. But she followed Peter around, and as she was following, or it might have been Paul, as she was following him around, the Bible says that she began to cry out, this man is a servant of the Most High God. This man is a servant of the Most High God. But then the Bible also recounts that this woman was a fortune teller, full of the devil, and that she would gain money from telling people their fortune. And the Bible says that, I believe, ah, I don't know if it was Peter or Paul, but it said they became so greatly disturbed with this woman, they turned to her and they said, you unclean spirit, come out of this woman in the name of Jesus. And the demon left her and she fell on the ground screaming. Um, so I want, now look at that. She was trying to act as if she was all holy and sanctified and saved. Like, oh, look, they're servants of the most high God. These are great men that God sent. But really, she was full of the devil. Look at that. That's, now look, that's a good attitude. But that's not the spirit that you need to operate in. She had a good attitude. She was saying, wow, these men are, are, are great people. But her spirit was far from God. Now, look at that. So you can have a good attitude. You can say good things. God, I know you'll work it out. You know what? I'll be okay about it. No, but when you have the spirit of faith, that's what makes No, I'm not settling for anything less than what God's word promised me. Because Caleb, this is the same one who, when the 12 spies were sent out, he was one of the two, him and Joshua. I'm sorry, Joshua shows to be the next one. But Caleb, when he came back, he also said, along with, with Joshua, that yes, there's giants in the land. Yes, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Yes, they're more strategic. They're more powerful than we are. But if our God gave us the land, nothing can stop us from taking the land. And then he said, we'll go at once and take the land. We'll, we can even go take it tonight. That's what he said. But everybody else around him, other than Joshua, everyone else around them, you guys know the story. They all said, no, we can't take over the land. We're going to be defeated. But they said, no, if God told us it's our land, nothing's going to stop us from taking that land. Now, look at this. He didn't say it. Listen, he was a soldier. He was a spy. It wasn't the first time he ever did anything like that. Like, he knew what he was doing. And obviously, if he actually truly thought they were going to die, he wouldn't have said that. 
He would have been like, you know what, maybe Moses, I think we should relax on this one. It looks like we will die. No, in the natural realm, with their natural eyes, it looked like they would die. But he said, I've see- yes, I've been in this field for a long time. I know what normally should happen. But I also have been serving our God for a long time, and I know how he operates. Yes, this thing might be in front of me, but my God is greater, and he's living inside of me, where he gave me the authority to walk through this thing and overcome it by faith. Amen. Come on, I see you going through the level of faith today, through the spirit of faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord some praise this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. The spirit of faith. Hallelujah. Look at this. It's, a con- it's not a confession, but a proclamation. I-, I, Googled the words, I Googled those two words, confession and proclamation. There's a difference. Confession, you just say something just to say it. You know, okay, yeah, I, I admit it. But confess. You don't want to. But a proclamation is you're gladly speaking it out for everyone to hear. People, you know, people give their confession or their, or their testimony when they go to court. They'll, they'll sit one of the chairs back there or something, right? They'll give their, they'll give their confession. They'll give, they'll give their testimony, whatever happened. But someone who gives their proclamation of faith, that's when you, it, it's what you really believe. And, and you don't speak it because you necessarily want to. You speak it because it's just, it just comes out of you. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? I'll give you an example. I was listening to, uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, that same guy I was talking about, Bishop David Odepo. And he said he went to the doctors a few years ago. His son was in the doctor. His, his wife took his son to the doctor. And when uh, he went to the doctor, the doctor called him and said, hey, can you come into the room? Uh, can you come meet us at the office? We want to talk to you about your son. And he goes, yeah, sure, I'll come down there. So he drove to the doctor's office, and he walked in, and, he, and the doctor looked at him and said, your son has jaundice. And then he responded to him and said, my son can't have jaundice. And the doctor said, I, I, I know, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, but, but he has jaundice. And he said, no, I didn't say he has jaundice. He doesn't have jaundice. I said he can't have jaundice. Now I have to go to an appointment. And he left. He said, and I, and I, went, he said, I went home. And he, said, and, and he said, my wife, he said, my wife was there. And she goes, well, that's what my husband said. And that's what we're doing. Come on, buddy, let's go. And they went home. And he said, from that night, his skin color changed back to normal. And his eyes changed back, back to white his, around his eyes. He said, he said, and it wasn't, he's like, I didn't go home and pray, God, please don't let this happen. No, he knows the level that, he said, I know who I am in God. I know the price Jesus paid. This is sent by the devil to try to distract me, try to take out my family, all this stuff. And he said, when the devil came at me and came with this jaundice in my son, which people can die from, he said, I looked back at it and said, this can't come into my home. And he said, I didn't concern myself with it anymore. I just walked away as if it was already done because to me, it was already done. He said, it wasn't as if I walked away and said, God, please take care of that God. No, he said, I concerned myself with it no more and focused more on winning souls and and seeing people saved. And then God took care of the rest. Amen. Come on, I I see you operating at that level of faith even from today in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. Now, you know, listen, people, that's that's the number one attacked one. Amen. But that's also the number one. I mean, I've seen people people manipulate that too. There's some weird people. All right, Warren, I remember Warren knows. Who was, don't tell their name. Remember that guy I prayed for? Lord, that's not there, Lord. What was it? Do you remember the story? Well, well they don't say who they were, but what happened? He had a sprained ankle. Yeah, Warren had a big bump on his leg. <laughs> and he goes, there's no bump there, Lord. And Warren's like, well, yeah, there is. My leg has a big bump on it, you know what I mean? But it's not looking, but it'd be different. He wasn't operating in that level. You'll, you'll recognize the faith not by the words people say, but by the results of their faith. Now listen, if, if, actually, if the bump would have left, then we would have known, okay, he was walking in some good faith. But he wasn't, so it didn't happen. Listen, you can't mimic faith. You can't look at stories like that. Now listen, I'm not saying go home, and if the doctors call you, your son gets jaundiced, don't tell the doctor, no, this can't happen. And then go, God, I don't know what's happening. No, you have to really believe it. You can't mimic faith. You have to walk in faith. But if you're faced with that scenario, come on, the Bible says if you faint in the day of adversity, your faith is weak. If you're faced with a scenario like that, it'll come out of your heart. It wasn't like he heard it and said, oh, no, this is so tough. No, it just came out of him. No, this can't happen to me. And then he walked away. This, can't, this doesn't happen to me. God is a provider for me. God takes care of me and my family. Amen. There's another story. His wife had a miscarriage uh, before the same kid, the same one. And when his wife had a miscarriage, she came down the steps and said, hey, I just had a miscarriage. And he looked at her and said, you can't have a miscarriage. And then he walked away. He said, and then she said, oh, okay. And then sure enough, the baby was born months later. Amen. That's why, listen, I, I have people tell me, well, you know, 
There's ministers' wives who've had miscarriages out there. I mean, I know you preach like this, but what if something like that were to happen to your wife? I said, it can't happen to my wife. Yes, but I'm sure the other ministers thought that too. Well, that's between them and God. But I know what the Bible says, and I know it can't happen to me. I, come on now. And people, well, that's a little arrogant. I don't care what you think, because I know what the Word of God says. If Paul says that, he goes, if I boast in anything, let it be in the cross of Jesus and in the Word of God. I will boast on what the Word says, because I know who I am in Christ. Amen. I know the level of faith that God's put inside of me. I, come on, I'm telling you that you can operate in the, at this too. Amen. The spirit of faith where nothing will shake you. Nothing will take you down. Because people are taken out many times by the lack of their own faith. Don't let your own faith be the reason for your own downfall. Let, let today, let faith come alive in you today. Come on now. To so where you, you change levels, where you change the room around you. Amen. To so where you walk in a scenario, I mean, the, the very atmosphere starts to change. Amen. That when you show up on the scene, I'm telling you, stuff will start to leave people. Amen. Come on, I had someone tell me before, they're, they're like, uh, you know, they're, they were believing the Lord for uh, their mind to be at rest. They're, they were dealing with depression, anxiety. And uh, I went over to their house and asked, I said, hey, I heard you're dealing with this stuff. Can we pray? And they said, yeah. I said, well, when does your mind normally race? Like, when do you, like, is it at night? Is it here and there? Is it sometimes? And they said, oh, all the time, 24-7. I said, well, is it, is it doing it right now? And they were like, well, well, no. And I said, oh, well, when did it stop? And they said, I don't know, maybe about 30 minutes ago? I said, well, I only got here 30 minutes ago. And they went, oh, my gosh, you did. Yeah, I haven't recognized. And they looked at their friend, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what is going on here? I was like, and then I said, listen, I said, the devil, I said, that, that thing bothering you is, is, a, is demonic. The Bible has not given you a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. But notice it's a spirit of fear. Look at that, spirit of faith and spirit of fear. They're both colliding. It's not an attitude of fear. You can't try to pep yourself up to be more happy. You meet, who's, ever, I mean, who's ever seen people who are depressed? Or even your own self. You, some people have dealt with depression. You, you can't try to make yourself happy. You can try. You can give it a shot. You might feel good for a second. But you can't do anything in the natural realm. There, it has to be dealt with. Medication can't help. Pills can't help. Yeah, they might help for a season. But they don't really help like Jesus can help you. Amen. But because why? Because you deal with the spirit of fear. Amen. I had someone come to me, and they said, man, I'm terrified all the time. I'm anxious. I keep thinking I'm going to die any minute, all this stuff. And I said, they said, can you pray for me? I said, well, it won't really be much of a prayer because I'm not going to talk to God. And they said, what do you mean you're not going to talk to God? I said, I'm going to talk to that spirit that's been harassing you. And they said, okay, what are you going to tell him? I said, I'm going to tell him to leave. Oh, lift your hands right now to the Lord because that's, that's who gives me the power to do this. And I, they said, okay. And I said, in the name of Jesus, you foul spirit that torments this child of the most high God, come out of them now and never bother them again. I'm, I'm, come on. And they were like, what in, the, what in the world? I said, how do you feel? They said, well, I, I feel good. And they started crying. They said, their hands started giving God praise. Why? Because the spirit of life inside of me is greater than the spirit of death inside of them. Come on, the spirit of God living inside of me is greater than the spirit of the world living inside of them. And it's the same thing with everything around you, everything going on around you. You are the dominant force when you go to somewhere. Amen. Come on, you're, I, I had someone tell me, I, uh, I told my friends in high school, Warren might remember the story. I told my friends in high school that uh, I prayed for someone and the demon came out of them. And they don't like that stuff. You know, they like when demons stay in people. So they were, you know, they don't do that at their church. But uh, <laughs> they, they, they said... They, they told Warren they were going to mess with me. They said, we're going we're gonna to put a bunch of demon-possessed people in a room. We're going to send Jordan into the room. And I said, where would you find a bunch of demon-possessed people? And I remember I told them, I said, is it going to be your, you and your cousins and your brother and sister and stuff? And, you know, <laughs> they didn't like that. But uh, they said, um, <laughs> listen, I, I don't play games. With, he's a nice pastor. He'll be really nice to us. No, you want to play games, we'll play games. Amen. No, but I, was, I, was honestly, I wasn't even joking, to be honest with you. Anyways. And so they were like, what would you do if you were in the room for a bunch of demon-possessed people? I said, I'd, I'd see them all set free by the power of God one by one. And they're like, oh, so there's a hundred of them. Do you think you can cast out all 100 demons? I said, it's not me. I've already had power over all of them. Jesus is the one who reigns supreme. You think Jesus can't do that? The Bible says Jesus went to hell and took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Amen. In front of all of creation to see. And that's the same God that's living inside of me. Amen. So anything the devil wants to throw at me, wants to throw at you, it can't stay unless you allow it. Whatever you allow, who will allow? Amen. What I want to tell you today that <laughs> what is happening back there? Are you all right? Whatever, whatever. Whatever is going on in your life today, it's either by your faith or it's not by your faith. One year from now, you, you'll, you'll, the level of life you'll be living at will either be a direct result of your faith or a direct result of your lack of faith. Think about that. So you've got to make up your mind that I'm going to live by faith and watch what God will do within one year's time. Not even a year, by the end of this year. Watch what God will do. Even by the end of the summer. Come on, I'm telling you, watch what will happen for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Faith, is, it's an automatic yeah, it, it might come close to you, but it, it doesn't come close to you. It doesn't really get to you, right? It's like, it's like you view an, an enemy of the faith as basically as like an opposition, 
as something trying to take you out, something trying to kill you, and you, and you deal with it according to so. You don't even, you know, there's some things you don't even need to concern yourself with. I don't concern myself with certain things. I don't even pray about certain things. It's not even worth my prayer. Come on now. The devil is so far beneath my feet, he's not even worth my time. Lester Summerall, he was preaching at a, at a church that in, in an area. Someone asked him to preach. And back then, the pastor, when they go travel around, you know, they didn't have uh, hotels and all that stuff like they have them now. So when he would go travel around to preach, I think it was the late 1800s or early 1900s, he'd go to preach, and he would stay at the houses of people in the church who welcomed him in their home. So he went to preach at his church, and he was staying in one of the members' house. And um, he, he found out later on that member was involved in some weird, you know, shady stuff, like demonic stuff. Well, anyways, he stayed at their house just because he's like, I don't have anywhere else, to go, anywhere else to go. So he was staying. And he said uh, he was sleeping in the room that they told him to sleep in. And in the middle of the night, he said as he was, as he was like, about to fall asleep, he said he felt as if, like, a demonic, eerie presence entered, entered the house. And he said he could feel it like, almost like if it was creeping up from, the, from like, the downstairs. So he said he lit a lantern, like, you know, the old-style lantern, and went down the steps to see what was going on. And he said, I'm be, he's like, some people might not believe this, but I saw a devil sitting in the chair looking right at me in, in the middle of the living room. And he said, people might ask me, what did you do? He said, oh, I went back to bed and just closed the door and fell back asleep. And they said, you mean you didn't cast that thing out or rebuke it? He goes, no. The devil is so defeated. I don't even need to address him. He knows he can't mess with me or touch me. I might as well go back to sleep. And I was like, oh, my goodness, right? But that's, the, but that's what you have to realize, that the devil is so far beneath you, you don't need to concern yourself with him. That's why if you look around at ministries and people who, like, their main, their main focal, we were talking about this the other day, and so are we, where, like, their main focal point is, like, the demonic realm, and they want to talk about demons, and they want to talk about the different levels of demons in the atmosphere. If you talk to them, they're always under attack. They're always, they're always de- depressed. They're always, like, dealing with something. If you see them in Walmart, they're, like, looking for the, I'm looking for the milk. Right? They, they, like, they, like <laughs> they get their case of water. They anoint it as they're on their way to the car. God bless this water. Any witchcraft on this water? Jesus. You know, they're, like, it's, like, you know, they want to talk to a family member. Hey, uh, I'm going to my birthday. You want to come to our birthday party tomorrow, Grandma? No, I'm not going to that birthday party because all your friends are full of the devil. There's little eight-year-old demons running around. The- they're nuts. People, want, you know what I mean? Who knows what I'm talking You might not know people like that, but there's people like that. They're just so far out there. It's like, what in the world? And then you know how you can recognize them? They have no interest in winning souls. I knew I met one when one of, the, when one of them asked me to preach before. And I told them, I said, well, how about, how about we give an altar call at the end? Uh, but how, many pe- how many people do you think are unsaved are going to come? And they said, oh, this is not for unbelievers. This is, this is strictly for people who, who love the Lord. I said, what about people getting saved? They go, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that, that saved stuff right now. I said, that saved stuff right now? What are, you, then what are we doing? What's the point of the party? What's the point of the service if people can't come to Jesus or have an opportunity to at the end? Now, and now they're like, well, no, we don't give people an opportunity like that. I know you're real big into souls and all that stuff. I'm real big into souls and all that stuff. What was Jesus real big into? Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. I was lost. You were lost. But thank God now we're found in Jesus. Amen. So you got to keep the main thing the main thing. Amen. I'm getting a little off track here, but maybe, that, maybe someone needed to hear that. Amen. But look at this. It's all rooted in the word. It's all rooted in the word. Faith, it can't stand anything contrary to it. See, it, it, also, it deals with the challenges of life as if they don't even exist. It, it, it's like you operate at a different level where it doesn't bother you. Hey, Amen. I view, honestly, I view the devil. There's some people who if they hear, hey, I just think there's something spiritual going on. You know, I think we need to pray, believe God. They view the devil attacking them as if, as if like, a gang of, like, eight cars were to pull up to your house and they all hop out with, like, AK-47s. I view the devil attacking me as if Ashley, were, if Ashley were to tell me, hey, you know, the devil is, like, trying to attack us right now. I envision, like, a little six-year-old girl outside of my house with, the, with like, a, a, a foam sword. Let me in. No, I'm not, like, not going to lose sleep over that. I'm not even going to open the door. I'm just going to go to bed. Right, because the devil, I know my place and who I am in Christ. Amen. But I pray today you realize that, that, that who you are. And that only comes, listen, I can only do so much by preaching it. You have to get, you have to hear it for yourself in the word of God. Amen. Yep, this, this has to be your foundation. Because people will fail you. Listen, I'm not perfect. I know I'm not perfect. But thank God, thanks be to God that Jesus, come on, he, he made me perfect. Amen. But there's still things in the natural that I, I could fail on. Come on, if you expect me to do something, I might not be able to do it. Amen. But Jesus will never, never fail you. Amen. That's why your faith and your hope can't be in me. It can't be in any other person. It can't be in your brother, sister, mom, father, son, grandma, daughter. It has to be in Jesus alone. Because if your faith is in anybody else, then if they fail you, then that means your faith will also fail. But the Bible says that when you put your faith and trust in Jesus, the unshakable, come on, 
Blessed is he who not leans in the arm of the flesh, but in the arm of the Lord. Trust in the Lord God. They will not fail. You have to trust God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And when you make God number one above everything else, everything in life will, everything else in life will fall into order. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why there's ministers out there. I mean, I can, I don't, I can say their names, but I'm not. There's people out there who, like, they don't, they don't serve God. And you ask them why they don't serve God. Oh, I went to a church when I was younger, and it turned out the pastor was sleeping with the secretary, and, and, the, and the kid's pastor was, you know, a, a, a pedophile, all this stuff. And I don't trust those church people. Why? So you're throwing out Jesus because of two people who misportrayed him? And I was like, so it shows you that their trust was actually in those people, not even in God in the first place. Listen, come on. I don't care. Listen, amen. That's why, you know. I don't care if you honor me or serve me, do what you want to do, but honor the Lord. Amen. But Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. So you got to follow someone who's honor. you know, Bible says, be followers of those who have already obtained the promises of God. That's why the point of a church is. That's the point of having a pastor is. Amen. You have to look at people who honor the Lord and, and as they follow the Lord, it shows you an example of how God should be operating also in your life. Amen. That's one thing I pray. That's like one of my main prayers. It's like, Lord, help me preach at a level where people, it's like relatable, where people don't see it as too far off. No, like I can live like that too. Anyone who tells you that they're living in somewhere you can't live at because they're special and they're chosen, they're not even Christians. They're like Mormons. That's what they believe. They believe they're, they're like one of the elect, select few, the 250,000, right? No, th- I don't, no, that's, listen, anything that Jesus did, you can do. Anything that I'm doing through the word of God, you can do. Anything Pastor Bishop David Oedepo does, you can do. That's why I love to read him. Because he's living, he, he's not like alive 300 years ago. He's alive now on the earth. He's living today on the earth. Man, I was reading him this last week. And he said that uh, he, called, he called all the witches in his church to come down there and get set free. He goes, all the witches who want to get set free from witchcraft and demonic oppression come forward. Like 80 people came to the front. Because he has like a church of like 50,000 people. So 80, 80 women came down to the front. I think the church is more like 500,000 people. But in that specific service, there was only 100,000 people. Only 100,000. So they came down to the front. And they had all the witches lined up. And he began to pray for them, pray for them, pray for them. And then he went to one witch, and then he said, uh, wh- where are you from? And she said, I'm not a witch. I'm a witch, for, I'm a witch for Jesus. And he said, huh? She said, I'm a witch for Jesus. And he goes, Jesus has no witches. You are a devil. And then she said, no, I'm not a devil. I'm a witch for Jesus. And, he, and then he looked at her, and he said, you're unfit for deliverance. And you're free to go to hell if you want to. He goes, I'm not gonna, there's nothing I can pray for. I'm not going to overpray your personal will. Now, when people hear that, they get, how can he say something like that? But honestly, that's what she's doing. And I think that's where people, I, I hate to say it, but I think that's where a lot of church people miss it. Because how many has been there before? You want to help people out so much, but they don't even want to help themselves out. Jesus was there too. There's, the Bible says there were people that Jesus prayed for and they didn't get healed. Actually, no, no, he didn't pray for them. The Bible says he could do no mighty works among them except for heal a few sick people because of their unbelief. You can only do so much for someone who doesn't want to receive what you have. So he, obviously he called all the witches to come forward and she didn't want to receive it. So he said, you're free to go to hell. If you want to, go ahead. Why would you even come forward? And then she left the church. But then she came back like eight months later, and she talked to him, and she said, Pastor, she goes, I'm ready to give my life to Jesus. I want to turn from this witchcraft. And then he said, well, praise the Lord. I'll pray for you. Let her in the Lord's prayer, let her in the salvation prayer. She got saved. And then he asked her, he said, what made you want to come back? I'm just curious. And she said, well, I went back to my witchcraft temple back in my village in Africa, and I went, when I went back in the room, you know, they, they were all like doing their own thing, and I walked in. They all said, where have you been? And she said, oh, I went to uh, pastor, I went to the, the Winter Chapel, Bishop David Oedepo's church. And, and then they said, why would you go there? You put us all in danger now. And then she, they said, what do you mean? They, said, they looked at her and said, never come back here. You're messing with a higher power, and we want nothing to do with that. And then she went back, and she said, they kicked me out because they said that, that, bec- that uh, I'm marked by your God because, because I moved, was moved enough to come to the front that God's working in me, and they can't overstep him. And they kicked me out. And he said, can I receive Jesus? And he said, absolutely. Listen, even the devil recognizes who he can and can't mess with. Look at that. Look, the devil recognizes who he can and can't mess with. Amen. Then he asked that woman, you know, he was talking to her. And he said, well, what did you do for them when you were in witchcraft? And she said, we would stand on the side of the highway. We would command cars to crash. And their vehicles would somersault. People would die on car accidents. And she said, people would actually die. And then he asked her, he said, so what happens when people like me come driving down the road? And he said, we sense something that we can't mess with, and we run off the highway. Listen, he said, come on now. That's the level that you operate in. You're not, you're not sitting here being punched by the devil left, right, getting kicked. No, the devil can't mess with you unless you allow him to mess with you. Amen. Come on, I love that story of, uh, <laughs> there was, I'll share one more. Anyone, anyone enjoying this here this morning? Come on, I'm excited about this. But I'll share one more story. There were, this happened recently. I was at uh, I was at a youth camp, and the minister told this story that uh, he was praying 
giving people, you know, he was just preaching like I'm preaching. And as he was preaching, a girl fell down in the middle of him preaching and started screaming. Like, rah, rah, rah. so he prayed for her. And then uh, because she was so, like, then the ushers just took her into the back room. No one asked him to do that. They, he just, they just did it. And so then uh, they took her in the back room. She started to calm down. And then the youth pastor, who wasn't the one doing the service, he went in there to preach. He talked to the girl. And he said, hey, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? And then uh, he, she said, the girl looked down and looked back up at him. Like, looked like, you know, different eyes were looking back at him. And she was, like, screaming at him, whatever. And then she punched him in the face. And then, and then uh, <laughs> so then they, they went to the minister who, started pre- who was preaching that day. And they said, hey, uh, there's a girl in the back room. She's demon-possessed. As if it was like, oh, no, you know what I mean? Like, she's demon-possessed. Can you come pray for her? And he goes, sure, I'll go pray for her. Where's she at? And they said, she's in the back room. So they get in the back room, and uh, the guy's holding an ice pack on his eye, like, holding it. Because, you know, he just got sucker punched by an 8-year-old girl. You know, I guess she hit him pretty good. I don't know. Or she might have been, like, 15, I think. Well, anyways, he was holding an ice pack on his eye. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, the minister walks in, and he grabs the girl. And he, and he says, and he walks in and looks at her and says, in the name of Jesus, you foul devil, come out of this girl. And immediately the girl goes, and starts like galloping around on the ground, right? And starts like slithering around. And he said he grabbed her from underneath the armpits and picked her up and said, no, you will not gallop around the room and make this woman of God look like an idiot. You will come out now. Look at now. I even noticed just in that because how many people, if a demon gets cast out, all they did is talk about what the demon did. Who knows what I'm talking about? Right? There's videos even on Instagram. I saw it on Facebook where this person's like, this person's full of the devil. And the person will talk, yes, I tried to kill their family 18 times and just go on and on and on. And I'm thinking, man, you let the, you let the devil talk more than you let the Holy Spirit talk through the word of God. What are you, what are you glorifying, right? So anyways, he, he picked her up and the, and the demon left the girl. And then, you know, everyone in the room was like, what in the world is going on? You know, they never seen anything like that happen before in their church. Amen. They never, they never been to the river. Amen. But uh, <laughs> then... So then he, he starts to walk back to his car, and the youth pastor, you know, with the ice pack on his head, comes up to him, and he says, hey, I have a question for you. He goes, yeah. He goes, why is it that you prayed, and the demon left the girl, but when I prayed for the girl, I got punched in the face? And he looked at him, and he said, because you look like a guy who could get punched in the face and be okay with it. He goes, I'm not okay to get punched in the face by the devil. You look like a guy who the devil could punch you around, and you'd be like, okay, that's what happens in life, I guess. And then he, just, and then he got in his car and drove away, and the guy just stood there contemplating everything, like, yeah, maybe I am that type of guy. You know what I mean? But there's people who are like that in their faith, where if the devil attacks you, all you're going to do is talk about the attack instead of talking about who you are in Christ and the word of God. Amen. Listen, if you are under attack, don't be discouraged, because I believe the Lord sent me here to preach this message to see your freedom come today in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hallelujah. Where every attack, come on, every anxiety, every depression, every bondage, every addiction, every fear leaves you today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, I see you reaching new heights in your faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Spirit already moving in the room right now. Hallelujah. I'm excited for what God's doing here. Hallelujah. Faith can't stand anything contrary to it. As the word of God is preached today, you might have heard me say some things, and you think to yourself, why am I not having that in my life? And I, I'm glad you think that, because that shows you that that's the Holy Spirit telling you that. The devil would not want you to think that. The devil would want you to think the opposite. Oh, well, I know he's saying that, but really that doesn't apply to you. No, the devil wants you to think that you're a special case. But the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. What he does for one, he'll also do for another. Amen? So when you, when I'm telling you today, I feel the Holy Ghost already moving in this place right now. Amen? Hallelujah. Come on, lift your hands right where you are. Father, I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and touch each and every single person here right now. That whatever, whatever is spirit represented here today, whatever addiction, whatever bondage, leaves them now in the mighty name of Jesus and never bothers them again. I rebuke anxiety, fear, depression. Go now from your people in the mighty name of Jesus. I command you to be blessed. Let this be the most blessed week you've ever had in your life in the name of Jesus. Let this week be full of joy. I command you to be joyful. <laughs> I command you to be joyful because you watch. Listen, you can keep your hands lifted. I want to tell you something. I was watching a YouTube video about some guy doing some stupid stuff, making something funny. And as I was watching the video, an ad popped up. And they said, no, when depression hits your life next, where are you going to turn? You have to take these pills. And I was thinking, when? Who are you to say when, you dumb devil? What, when? Notice that. It didn't say if. I even looked at Asha. I said, notice how they said when, not if. Because they want to set me up for being okay for less than what God's word said for me. But I will be in opposition to the devil as long as I live. Amen? You are a reckoning force for the kingdom of heaven against all the attacks of the devil. Amen? Hallelujah. If you feel the presence of God on you, I want to lay hands on you and pray for you. So come on up here. Don't even hesitate. Just come on up. I know people want to come on up.